Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Barizaki. Welcome to Growing in Grace, indeed. I'm Joel, along with Mike, and we're getting together chatting about the grace of God. We've been looking a little bit in, in uh, Colossians, uh, Colossians for the last few weeks. And I think we're going to pick back up in there again. You know, the grace of God, you know, something that never gets old and something that, uh, you know, if you're used to, to listening to Mike and I or not, I mean, whether you've been a longtime listener or not, I think that, you know, Mike and I, you know, we're, we try to stay pretty simple with things. Sometimes we go a little deep, but I uh, do hope you'll sit back and relax and join Mike and I as we talk about growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How you doing today, Mike? Uh, doing good, Joel. Looking forward to a few minutes together once again. Uh, nice to hear from people, too. We'd love to hear from you. And maybe toward the end of the program, Joel, we can let people know how they can uh, get in contact with us. Just to let us know you're out there uh, and, and what God is doing in your life uh, through His grace, through His unconditional love. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, well, uh, okay, Colossians, good book, a lot of good stuff in here. This letter that Paul wrote, I mean, he was. there's a lot of good foundational uh, doctrine in this. I mean, you know, sometimes Paul goes, uh, he, 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 he writes a lot of doctrinal, foundational stuff, just laying down what the gospel is. And there's times when he goes into some exhortations or, you know, just kind of some, some principles, some things that go along with, hey, this is, you're a Christian, and who you are in Christ, this is kind of the fruit of what that is. So here, let's talk about that a little. Right now, kind of what we're getting into is, I guess, more doctrinal, but it does have some application. Is not not necessarily how to live the Christian life, but some of the stuff we were getting into in this in Colossians chapter two. You know, you've been forgiven of all your trespasses, past, present, future. Everything, your trespasses, your sins are forgiven. You're walking right now, daily. You know, once you were dead in your trespasses, and that was a constant thing. Even if you did a good thing before you came to know Jesus Christ, all of the good things that you did, no matter how many good things you did, you were still dead in your trespasses. You know, it says that in Colossians 2.13, you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now... He has made alive together. He has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So now, whether you're doing good, whether you're not doing so good, all your trespasses are still forgiven because you've been made alive together with Christ. And so this life of Christ in you, that's to be our our, our, our motivation. That's what is our life. That's what makes causes us to do the good things that that we want to do in Christ, rather than living by this set of principles or rules or standards. So uh, we're, we're kind of getting uh, a little bit further down in, in Colossians 2. I don't know if anything sticks out to you, Mike, that you want to talk about today. Well, I know we touched on it last time, Joel, but what you just said there is so foundational for the gospel. You know, a lot of us were taught that the gospel is about turning bad people into good people, but you nailed it, Joel. Uh, when you were dead in your trespasses, before you came into the life of Christ, no matter how many good things you did, and they could have been good things, I mean, great deeds, uh, maybe helped other people and, and really contributed to something good, yet the, the, the real issue is still you are dead. 
And so it isn't so much, uh, the gospel isn't so much trying to turn bad people into good people. It's, it's turning dead people into people that have become alive. Um, and, and that's really uh, one of the foundational uh, principles that we have to understand because if, if you're looking at the gospel and the word of God through the eyes of trying to become a good person who used to be a bad person, you're going to see a, a lot of the scripture, well, in, in a skewed sort of way, I guess. It, it, it's going to it's going to cause, uh, I know it did for me, and I'm sure for many who are listening, Joel, when, when you look at the gospel through that set of eyes, you're going to uh, really miss a lot of what the gospel is trying to teach you. But once you understand that God came through Jesus Christ, not so much to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive, then you can begin to see so much of the scripture in, in a clearer light um, because it's not based on what we do. It's, it's based on what he did at the cross. Yeah, yeah, I like what you're saying, looking at things from you know with a different set of eyes, because I can totally relate to that. When I came to Christ, when I would read the Bible, I was looking for instructions. You know, I was looking for, okay, I'm a Christian now, what am I supposed to do? And sometimes I felt like I was doing pretty good in that. And uh, you, you get kind of puffed up. And then other times, as we've said many times, uh, as we've talked about this, you know, there were times when I thought, man, I just can't do this and it just seems so hard but when i began to change to look at it uh, you know with these different set of eyes like you're talking about not not changing from a bad person to be a good person but change but understanding that i once was dead and christ has made me alive once i started looking through that set of eyes i began reading the bible and going oh okay i get it now because i was trying to do all these things before through the really through the flesh, you know, through fleshly efforts. Now I'm understanding that okay, Christ has made me alive. I've been made alive together with Him. All my trespasses are forgiven. It's not a, a, a matter of me trying daily uh, to make sure that that I don't sin or to make sure that my trespasses are forgiven once again, over and over again. But when, but when I live out of the life that I have in Christ, it's not so much going to be an issue of trying not to sin and, and trying to do right, but letting that life of Christ live in and through me. And, and by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God, not through the flesh, putting to death the, the deeds of the flesh. So having that different set of eyes to view things in, it there's freedom in that. There is so much freedom in that. And really, you know, as it goes on to say here in Colossians 2, we've been forgiven of all trespasses, that God wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. And when we see that, you know, that that law, the law stood against us, it pointed out our sin, it pointed out our shortcomings, it pointed out how far we fell short of the glory of God. It was contrary to us, and God took that away. He took that out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, though, the Bible says here in Colossians. Looking at it not from a rules-based or a, or a performance-based life, now that we're in Christ, we're, we're viewing things through a, a life base. We've been made alive together with Christ. Well, and just to, uh, before we move on, Joel, just to follow up on what you just said there, when it came to the commandments, the laws, a lot of people, again, looking at it through a different set of eyes, would look at the, uh, the commandments and as, as rules that God set up for us to follow so that we could become right with him. When really the rules were given to show us how far away we were from being able to achieve righteousness, and, and really what God intended, of course, was for us to realize that 
we can't do what he requires to achieve uh, and to attain righteousness. And uh, when people come to that realization, there's only one place to turn, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen to that. And so Paul goes on here in uh, Colossians 2.16, So let no one judge you. That right there, I love it. Let no one judge you. But he, he goes on to be specific here, but we, I believe that we can generalize a lot of this because, okay, he says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. All these things, what he's talking about, were parts of the law or parts of the old covenant. Really, you can apply any part of the old the, of that old covenant. If if people are looking at your life, going, "Man, you're not doing so well in this area," or if you're even judging your own life according to how well you're keeping commandments, how well you're keeping the law, how well you're performing in regards to performing for God, don't let other people judge you on that, and and don't judge yourself based on that, because those things were a shadow of the things to come, but the substance, what is the substance? The substance isn't all of those rules, isn't all of those principles and commandments and festivals and, and old covenant principles, but the substance is Jesus Christ himself, the substance Mike is a person, isn't it? it? It is indeed. And and Joel, I can't I can't tell you how many times I've been judged regarding a new moon. It's, <laughs> it's over and over again. I get so tired of that. Well, I'm, yeah, don't don't let yourself. <laughs> exactly. Or festivals, man. We had a birthday party for my son. I can't tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, the substance is Jesus Christ. Well, and let no one cheat you of your reward, uh, in Colossians 2.18. Taking delight in false humility, worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grow with the increase that is from God. I, I guess we've probably touched on this before, Joel, but it, it always I, I love hearing this stuff over and over again. And, of course, we've always got new people listening. Um, a lot of the persecution that you're going to go through as you walk the gospel, as you experience more of the freedom that you have in Christ, uh, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do a whole bunch of bad stuff. It, it had the opposite effect on me once I came to realize that God's love for me was unconditional, that all my sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven. That didn't make me want to run out and do the wrong thing. Uh, I may still slip up from time to time. I, I know I'm not perfect, but I, I want to do what's right. I, that's just in me. I, it's not because of anything that I am or anything that uh, I want to achieve. It's just uh, the way God has created me. I mean, this new spirit that lives in me uh, yearns to want to do what is right. Um, there's probably a whole lot more right I could be doing. But to come back to where we're at here, um, a lot of what you're going to experience as, as persecution, people giving you a bad time because of your faith, it's not so much, I don't think, from the world. As you take a look at the early uh, uh, church believers, including the Apostle Paul, most of the persecution and, and the, the rough times that were received came from religious people. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the ones that will try to cheat you of your reward. 
I think that's true. You know, the, the, the religious people that are looking at, at, at these uh, festivals and new moons and Sabbaths and, and, and the old covenant principles and, and uh, rules and regulations. Uh, and it says here something that really sticks out to me here is that they, you know, let no one cheat you of your reward, uh, taking delight in false humility and, and all this stuff, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. When a lot of the world, when a lot of the church, I should say, sees the word fleshly mind, they're thinking, at least I used to think this way, and I, and I see a lot of people that think this way, fleshly mind to them means evil or bad things. But but here, what Paul's talking about is they're vainly puffed up by their fleshly mind. That is, they're sticking to these uh, all of these rules and principles and regulations. They're, they're sticking to the law. And they're vainly puffed up because they think they're performing, you know, up to a certain standard. And, and they get puffed up in that. And so that's why they will judge other people who, who they think aren't living up to the same standard. What what Paul says here is that they're they're vainly puffed up by their fleshly minds. They're not holding fast to the head. That's Jesus Christ, from whom all of the body, that's everybody in, in the body of Christ, every person that's in Christ, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments they grow from the increase they grow with the increase that is from god it's not from rules and regulations and and all of this stuff just a few more seconds left uh, mike uh, I, I know uh, people can check out stuff about us at graceroots.org we invite you to do that any any final words mike well, we uh, said people could contact us. How would they do that, Joel, if they wanted to say hi? Well, if they go to uh, graceroots.org, they'll find uh, an email address I've set up, graceroots at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you that way. I'm Joel, along with Mike, and we'll be back with you again next time for more talk about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.